0: podcast of jetnation.com the largest independent fan site in the nfl be sure to check out our forums and talk all things jets with thousands of other diehard jets fans now to get you up to date on all the latest jets news notes and quotes here's your host glenn naughton
1: Even Jets fans, I am Glenn Dalton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Another unscheduled or a uh, special special show, we'll say, with the free agency in full swing. Things not nearly as active as the uh, the first forty eight hours for the Jets when it was nonstop flow of information. Whether it was someone signing, about to sign, thinking about signing, just a lot of. Mike Mcagn and company. So we're going to talk about Mike Mcagn. We're going to talk about the the players he's brought on board, the players he's retained, and what this all really means for him in the grand scheme of things. Uh, we're going to talk about Leonard Williams going into the fifth and final year of his rookie deal. The the Jets, of course, exercised their rookie option on him, the fifth year option. We're going to talk about him a little bit, and uh, before we go any further, very quickly. Uh, let's thank our sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. This episode of Jet Nation Radio is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're in New Jersey, you can, get a, you can get a $500 risk-free bet when you sign up. This applies to all markets, whether you go for NBA, NHL, MLB, or anything else. Check it out at JetNation.com. Uh, we have a post, a FanDuel post thread, where you can find a link direct, directing you we're getting you directly to Fanduel.com sportsbook. Uh, give them a look, check them out when you get a chance. Fanduel sportsbook. So, as I said, we'll talk. Uh, we, we've talked a little bit already about the the players that were added to a free agency a couple days ago. Um, we'll go a little bit more in depth on some of that today. As I said, we'll talk about guys that the team retained, and what this what this is going to mean because there's. You know for those of you who follow me on Twitter, the Mike McCAnan, the polarizing topic for those who support or do not support Mike McCAn and the job he has done since arriving with the jets. so we'll go right into that we'll we'll we're going to lead with that because it is something as I said, a lot of folks uh react when you say something pro or or against Mike McCanan and the job he's done. So as we discussed, Mike McCagnon has brought in since the start of free agency, um, you know, as these deals started getting finalized today, of course, we had the legal tampering period, which uh, ended up getting the Jets agreements with Le'Veon Bell. Of course, he was the the headliner, if you will big uh a big get obviously guy who, who can do a lot of different things a guy who was the sort of the, the big fish in a free agency jets end up getting him and c j Mosley ravens linebacker they got him for big big money um uh, basically as a deal with, guaranteed to pay him just over ten million a year with a chance to top out at seventeen million a year. Kalichios Mele, we talked about. Left guard with the Raiders. Jets gave up a pick to get him. He gave up a fifth rounder. Got him at a sixth rounder in return. Jamison Crowder, wide receiver. Slot guy, who previously played with the Redskins. And then Josh Bellamy. A wide receiver, special teamer. Former Chicago Bear. Uh, not Hasn't done a ton as a receiver. His best season as a receiver um by far. Came a couple years ago and he had twenty four catches for three seventy six. So these guys in. Here's one thing I'm I'm you know, starting off with Le'Veon Bell. And this was one tweet that I sent a week or two ago that got some people upset because I said I <laughs> I I I I voiced some some uh I voiced, I shared the fact that I was happy over the fact that Mike Mcagnan, in the time he's been here, has drafted Sam Darnold. Who, yes, the, yes, the but I get it, but really, just when you watch the guy play, whether it's what he did in college, whether it's what what he did in training camp, what he did this season. I mean, every everything about the kid tells you he, he's going to be their first franchise quarterback. In, in 50 years. Okay? So you figure, assuming assuming we're right about Sam Darnold, because so many of us feel the same way. Michael down is, you know, again, he's only it's only been a couple years for Jamal Adams, but you watch him and you see the things he can do. You get the feeling this guy's got a chance to be the best safety the team's ever had. Chris Herndon has a good chance to be the best tight end they've had since Mickey Shuler. I've discussed that on here before. Some people tell me Dustin Keller, I'm not buying it. Dustin Keller couldn't block the way Chris Herndon can. When all said and done, I, I believe he'll have a better career. Robbie Anderson, best deep threat since Wesley Walker. Some people have mentioned Santana Moss, which was a it's a fair statement, but Santana Moss was gone after a couple of years. I'm I'm talking long term solution to to a problem, to a, va- a a gaping hole on your roster, which the Jets have had for many years. Then, of course, Le'Veon Bell, who I saw a number on him the other day three as an organization. Two times has a player combined to put up 1,800 or more yards from scrimmage twice in the team's entire existence. And that both times it was Curtis Martin. Le'Veon Bell has gone over 1,800 total yards three times in the last five years. So he's done three times in the last five years, he's done what the Jets as a franchise have only been able to do twice in their existence. Now might he might he be a different player? Jets don't have the same offensive line the Steelers have, of course. They're working on it. But let's just put it this way there's a real a very real chance Le'Veon Bell in three or four years could put up the three or four best years the Jets have ever had from player on offense. So you look at Bell, you look at Chris Herndon, you look at Sam Darnold, you look at Robbie Anderson, Herndon, all these guys are players who could, when all is said and done, could go down at the best players at their respective positions that the Jets have ever had at that spot. Or that they've had in three, four, five decades. That's 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 pretty impressive. And again, yes, it is hypothetical, but we're we're projecting here. We're looking at what the guys he has acquired have done, or what people believe these guys are capable of. You know, Sam, look, listen. If Sam Donald showed zero promise last year, you, you don't really, you don't really come out and say something like this. But the fact that he was as sought after as he was, and played as well as he did down the stretch, and lived up to that potential, or looked, you know, looked, showed the things you wanted to see. I think it's fair to to make that comparison or that that projection, I should say. Well, that's not that that's nothing, you know. As much as, and listen, Mike McAggan has made his mistakes. There's no denying that. It looks it, it it certainly would seem at the moment it certainly would seem that Darren Lee is on his way out. Former first rounder who could be the, displaced or has been displaced by C J Mosley. And we talked I talked about this the other day. You know, um, he's made, as I said, when I discussed this the other day, is saying that sources with the team are reporting that Darren Lee will be on his way out. Pardon me. Mike just cut off for one second, but Darren Lee on his way out. And Mosley, who, I have to be honest here, folks. And, I, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I sat down this morning, watched four games. All twenty two, Baltimore, four different games, picked at random. And uh CJ Mosley looked like a good player. And may you know, maybe I just picked the wrong four games, I don't know. But he didn't look like a guy who should be getting a contract that could earn him up to seventeen million dollars a year. Or that guarantees him eleven million a year. And maybe I'm crazy, but an awful lot of money for a guy, you know. N- not just on film. You, you look at the stats. He's not a. If you're if if you're a line if you're a, an inside linebacker, and I'm handing you 11 million a year, five years worth up to 85 million total, then I, I expect some. Just just some game-changing plays. And again, like I said, it was only four games. But you don't have to, you know, as I've said in the past, you can watch a guy for a few games. And no, you're not going to see him do every single thing he'll ever do. But you're going to see things that kind of are tells, where you can say, okay, you, you might watch a game where a guy doesn't have a single tackle. But some of the things he does, you can look at the tools and say, Okay, it wasn't a great day for him, but I can see the I can see the things he was able to do, I can see where that will translate into something bigger and more impressive down the line. J. Mosley. Again, I'm not saying he's a bad player. The guy's a four time Pro Bowler. He can play. But in coverage, plotting, slow. Wasn't as aggressive as a, you know, I I expected a lot more downhill. And listen, maybe it was scheme. Maybe Baltimore liked the idea of him sitting back. A lot of his tackles, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 yards down the field. Kind of like Jonathan Vilma's first big year. I can't remember if it was his his rookie year. The first time Jonathan Vilma had this huge season for the Jets, the numbers were sort of off the charts for a young guy. Had a million tackles. But then you watch the games and, you know, if you're paying close enough attention, standing in the middle of the field, tons going on around him. Um, But he wasn't doing a good job of, you know, getting through the traffic, making plays in the backfield. And that's the thing with Mosley. You know, he's a guy's racking up. He's got seasons where he's got 100 solo tackles. We're in that neighborhood. Six tackles for loss. That's not... That's not game changing. And like I said, I'm gonna watch some more. It was literally four games, which, as I said, is usually enough. I mean, one thing I will say that jumped out, as and something you would expect for a guy who's you know as big as he is in comparison to Darren Lee, he's able to get off a block. So against the run, um, you're not gonna see him get pushed around in the middle of the defense. Like you've seen with Darren Lee in recent years, but by the same token, you're not going to see him. You're not going to see him cover as well as Darren Lee covered last year. It's just not going to happen. He just can't. That's not something he can do. So when you've got C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson on the field at the same time, that worries me. The team's going to eat you up on the inside, on the underneath, with the short stuff because that, that's a. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster in today's NFL, and that's why I do wonder if they have some some inkling, some idea that they might keep Darren Lee on board as a sub-package guy. Because for his price tag, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Colicio's Zemele, the guard we talked about, all pro, had a knee injury last year. Hopefully he bounces back. Jameson Crowder, Josh Bellamy. And then today the team announces they've re signed Daryl Roberts. I think most folks are happy about that. Roberts played well last year. What's the price tag? Roberts ends up getting three years, eighteen million. That's not that's not uh Fourth or fifth corner money. That sounds like the Jets might want Darrell Roberts to be given a legitimate chance to start. Which isn't the worst thing in the world. Give him a shot. You know, he's not he's not a guy you're gonna go in a camp and hand the job. But if you I mean, he's he's gonna play a lot anyway. But it's a matter of is he a starter? Or is he your first guy on the sub package? And I don't mean Nick. I'm talking, you know, we see, I think we're going to see a lot of dime. We're going to see a lot of, Greg Williams mixes it up, basically. And I think they're going to get their most talented players on the field. And they obviously like Daryl Roberts. Henry Anderson's coming back. They got him done. Steve McClendon, Mr. Underrated, underappreciated. As we've been saying on this show for years now. He's back. So what does all this mean? All this means is that for Mike McAgnew and for the people who support him, myself included, and I'm the first one to say this: there's, there's no more excuses, okay? Mike McAgnew, this is the team he's put together. Even though you know, I would imagine, especially having a having a brand new coaching staff, these moves aren't being made without consulting with, you know, Greg Williams, Adam Gase, and talking about who they would like to have on board. That being said, these are his moves, especially, you know, we, we heard the story in the off season that he drafted our uh, Darius Stewart mainly to please uh, John Morton. You know, it we, we was clear from the get-go that Kevin Green loved Dylan Donahue. Now, was he, was he a, a first-time GM who was letting his coaches have too much influence to where he was picking players that maybe he didn't love, but he was trying to give his coaches what they said they needed? I mean, at the end of the day, you're the GM. You got to pick talented players. And if your coach, if Kevin Green or whoever in the building... Absolutely loves a player. If you don't love that player, you don't take him. You're the GM. Your job. Put it together. Bring in talent. So by by adding Le'Veon Bell, by adding Crowder, by adding Mosley, bringing back Roberts, by bringing back Anderson, by bringing back McClendon, based on the fact that this is a coach he hired. And if you want to, you know, say that, if, if you agree with my opinion, which is that this team is, yes, this team is far from great, but there's more talent than we because of the coaching under Todd Bowles. And I think that's part of the reason why I think if you're Christopher and you're sitting in your booth every week watching Todd's defense blow one game after another, one lead after a game. number of young players who didn't get to play, and then when they got their, their shot the a second, looked very impressive. I think if you're Christopher Johnson, you look at those things, and in the name of stability, you give your GM the doubt, and say, okay, we we saddled you with this coach. We didn't let you pick him. If I expect you to, to go watch players and then force a coach on you who doesn't play them, who sees several players rugs. Okay, when we're talking about veterans who have proven play. Yet all of a sudden under this coach they can Tremaine Johnson. Mo Wilkerson, Sheldon Sheldon Richardson, Leonard Williams, Spencer Long, varying degrees of success in the NFL before coming to the Jets or before Todd Bowles. And they all got worse. And some players got better. You know, know, of course, Jamal Adams developed nicely. Darren Lee showed some improvement. Darryl Roberts showed some improvement. But the number of proven players who couldn't play, who couldn't get it done under Todd Bowles, Combined with the uh the number of young guys who played well when they got their shot. That's why I believe that that helped Mike McAnon's case. But now it's McCannan's coach, it's McCannan's picks, it's McAnon's free agents. It's all on him. And I'm not saying this team has to go twelve and four to save Mike McAnon's job. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, that I'm saying Fewer than eight wins, unless you can, unless there is a plethora of injuries, or just some really, you know, every now and then you see these games where, I don't want to say you get screwed by the refs, but just just barring some wacky outcomes, if this team doesn't play well enough at the end of the day, that ownership can say this team is good enough to win eight or nine games. And that's the number we'll just put on it. I think fewer than eight wins, seven might get it done. But I think eight has to be the target. Not that they're going to renounce that publicly. But this this team's got to win eight games for Mike McKagan to keep his job, I believe. I I should say, I think that's where the the bar should be set. And again, you know, of course, and I've said this before. I don't want to be a hypocrite and contradict myself. You know, if if a new coach, new team, new scheme, new everything, they start off slow. You know, you start off two and four, two and five, three and six, and then all of a sudden you rattle off six, seven wins in a row to end the season you know, let's say you only win seven games, but you finish the year six and one. Okay, this thing is coming together. Now, now we see what this can be. That's different. So it, it is it is somewhat silly to say you've got to hit a certain number. You've, you've got to do enough to give the, 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 the fans and the owner have to come out of this season with good reason to believe that this thing has been turned around and is, is heading in the right direction. And that's that's basically, if that doesn't happen, if it's another four-win season, five-win season, even six, I, I don't see how Mike McCagney keeps his job. And that, and that should be the case. Even if someone who supported him. As I've said, It's not as if I'm supporting him because I think he's perfect. I'm supporting him in the name of stability. And I know folks get caught up, and and people said that to me this week. Oh, he he has to sign all these free agents because he can't draft. He sucks. He can't draft. And listen, the drafts have not been great. Okay, this year we'll get to see, you know, some past picks. Hopefully get a chance to play a little bit. Maybe make some of those draft classes look better. Talked about how we want to see this team turn things around the way Bill Parcells' old team did when he took over from Rich Cotite. That two-year turnaround from 1-15 and to the AFC Championship game in a couple of years. And for all the talk about Parcells being able to do that because he was a genius, ask yourself, who are the best players on those teams? Well, two of them are going to Canton. A couple Hall of Famers on that roster. Kevin Mowai, congratulations, and Curtis Martin. How did Bill Parcells get those two Hall of Famers? Sign Curtis Martin to an offer sheet. Old school, the poison pill in the contract, structured it in a way that the Patriots couldn't match it. So the Patriots traded Curtis Martin to the Jets for a couple picks. So it wasn't a free agent acquisition per se, but it was an offer sheet. It was it was basically through offering a ton of money that New England couldn't meet, couldn't match. Kevin why? how do you get him? Free agent, former Seattle Seahawk. Who was his quarterback? Vinny Testaverde, former Pro Bowler. Not drafted, signed. Who was protecting Vinny's blind side? Jumbo Elliott, free agent. Who are the leaders on that defense? Brian Cox, free agent. Otis Smith, if I'm not mistaken. I have to, I should have looked that up. Otis Smith went to two or three different stops with Bill Parcells, it felt like. So was he with the Jets when Parcells arrived? Honestly, can't remember. But I know he was there. I know he wasn't drafted. He was his starter. And just up and down that roster. Up and down that roster. Free agents. Trades. Because I'll tell you what, and I've mentioned it before, those drafts when Parcell was in town, my goodness. My goodness, atrocious. I mean, some inexcusably bad drafts under Bill Parcells. So Mike Mcagnan takes a ton of heat, or is currently taking heat, taking heat from the haters because he is signing free agents. It's his job, people. And all of this, well, he he can only he, he can only get these guys because he has so much cap room. Yeah, that's that's by design. You don't accidentally end up with ninety eight million dollars in cap space. And as Rich Cimini pointed out, and this this was another tweet that sent some people over the edge. And I've been saying this the whole time. I've been saying this since since the minute they they started this teardown a couple years ago. They started this rebuild. I've said it on the air several times, and I'll say it again very quickly. Mike McCagnin arrived. He was going to evaluate his talent. We were all told the team was garbage. Expectations were low. And the Jets won 10 games. Pretty sure Mike McCagnin and Todd Bowles looked at each other and went, okay, I think we're better than we thought we were. Let's go for it. They bring Fitz back. They bring Marshall back. It all falls apart. And they go, okay, that's the team we thought we had. That's what we expected in year one. This team is as bad as we feared. Let's tear it all down and start over. Should that have been done from day one, year one? Sure, you can make a case for that. But can you fall? I mean... Windows to win in the NFL are small, usually. Are you going to fault the GM for going for it when he found that he had, a, when he saw his team go out there and win ten games? They had a weak schedule; it was a fluke. But blah, blah, blah. you don't operate that way. When you think you got a shot to win, you take a shot. So the team fell apart, tore it down three years ago. At that point, the objective becomes get a quarterback. And in year two, the second draft after the teardown, they get the quarterback. And from that point, the goal is going to be build around the quarterback. Well, that's this offseason. This offseason, the rebuild plan is about building around the quarterback. So once you've done that, once you find your quarterback and you give them some tools, that's when you need to see some results. And that's this season. Okay, and obviously they're not done. There are players that can step up. There are players in free agency who, you know, whose names I guarantee you there, there will be players who we've not heard associated with the Jets who could end up coming to the Jets. Shaquille Barrett's a guy, Denver Broncos edge rusher, who might be an option. Shane Ray, another option. Now, Shane Ray, I wouldn't give him big money. He's been he's been so hurt so often. I would proceed with caution there. If he's willing to take a one-year deal for small money, prove-it deal, absolutely. But that's an option. Bryce Callahan's a guy we've talked about. Put him in a slot. I would do that in a heartbeat. And now we're hearing from Rich Samini, and I think this is speculation on Cimini's part. I don't think he was saying he's hearing this from the team directly. I could be wrong. Um, Interest in Josh Sitton who I mentioned before the start of free agency, as a guy the Jets should pursue. Now, I, of course, was suggesting they pursue him to push Brian Winters for the starting job at right guard or to be a backup. Well, as it turns out now, he should probably be given a shot to play center because that's that's how bad the center situation is right now. That's that's a place where the Jets supposedly have interest. They the Jets supposedly have some interest in Justin Houston. He really, if I'm going to talk about edge rushers, he should be the first guy. So you go out, you get an edge, you get a nickel, and then you go into the draft. Okay. It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be inter- an interesting draft for this team. It's going to be, but it's going to be. Again, as it should be, and I'm not saying previous mistakes aren't on Mike Mcagnon. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the fact that he had a coach who was incredibly unimpressive, he didn't hire that coach, is what gives him a little bit of leeway. But but this is it. Something has to happen this year to save his job. Because you can't you can't go 4-12 and 12 and bring that guy back. You can't go 5-11 and 11 and bring him back. No matter that Sam Darnold plays. I mean, Sam Darnold is really the reason, the biggest reason, not the only reason, but the biggest reason why Mike McKagan has a job right now. But he's put together a roster. If you look at it from top to bottom, and I'll, I'll keep saying this, and I don't, people can disagree with me because they disagree with me all the time, And I really don't care. I know what my eyes tell me. You know, the numbers don't always tell the whole story. But to me, I'm a GM, and I got a young quarterback like Sam Darnold, and I get him Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder to add to Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunwa, and Chris Herndon. I'm pretty freaking excited. I mean, Seriously. Robbie Anderson has big playability. Quincy Noonwa has big playability. Le'Veon Bell most definitely has big playability. Amos Trout is a guy, I don't know how he was used in Washington, but the film I've watched of him since he was acquired, I can't help but wonder why he didn't put up bigger numbers. Super, super quick slot guy, runs in the 4-4s. Put him in the slot with these guys on the outside, with Herndon tight to the line or split out, however you want to line him up. Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, you can split him out. I mean, the versatility is there. Plays is going to be there. I'll tell you, people say this team has no talent. You know, I've said it before. Look at some of the games they played last year, some of their point totals. You don't see that. You don't see games like that on teams that have no talent. Now there was a lack of consistency. Can't deny that. Can't go out score, you know, thirty something one week, ten the next week, twenty seven the next week, six the next week. No, the consistency wasn't there. But the talent and I'm not listen, I'm not saying they should have won thirteen games. I'm just saying they were better than people thought last year. And now you start adding some of these pieces. There has to be mass, there has to be massive improvement, and that's that that's that's the long and short of it for Mike Mcagnon this year. He needs Leonard Williams to start making some plays. I'll tell you what, if they if they draft Quentin Williams at three, if they don't trade down. But I'll tell you what, it's starting to look more and more like Bosa might fall. But whoever it is, whether it's Bosa or Quentin Williams, and I think it will be one of those two, Leo's got to step up. Great for the defense. (laughs) Obviously, make McCagney's draft record look that much better because Leo has been a disappointment. He's been good in some aspects of his game. He's been very good. But again, 6 overall when you're touted as the best guy in the draft, you got to be better than very good or pretty good. You can't have one pro ball alternate on your resume and be considered a great pick. So right now, he's Leo's an okay pick. Because when you're at 6, expectations come with that. And he has come up short of those expectations. But the next phase of free agency, as it rolls out, we'll see a ton of names. We'll see a ton of rumors. The jets you know no one knows where the what the cap space situation is right now. Everyone's guessing the number I keep seeing people throw out is forty million, even if they have forty million that's not you know they 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 gotta fill a lot of holes on that roster as as i said i I think they're gonna they're gonna be a team that takes on a lot of undrafted free agents. But that's fine. That's as long as the core is strong, the guys they're building around, while you develop some other young guys, I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. So it's been a crazy few days. You know the 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 I mentioned it. You know I did 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 about just ten minutes yesterday. Didn't do a show last night. We thought we'd put it off in case. There was some more news today. Nothing, nothing earth shattering. Nothing, you know. Again, retain some of their own guys. Le'Veon Bell, by the way, will be meeting with the media, uh, according to Rich Samini, at seven fifteen New York guys time. if well, that'll be just just after midnight here, so a little over an hour. Le'Veon Bell's going to be meeting with the media uh, via conference call, it looks like. So, anyway. It's uh, it's it's been an interesting few days. The upgrades have been made. The Mosley thing, I'm hoping works out. I'm hoping that's a lot of money. Like I said, for a dude who, uh, I think I, you know, again, far from telling the whole story, but just out of curiosity, looked up, you know, for all the tackles, for all the for all the solo tackles, assist tackles. Um, Mosley picks up. He averages a tackle for loss every 18th tackle. Um. Darren Lee, one tackle for loss every nine. But, of course, Darren Lee, you know, Darren Lee's only getting 40 tackles and he's getting eaten up in the run game. I understand that. I just was a little bit surprised uh, not to see a lot of burst, not to see a lot of explosion, not to see very good cover skills. If if you're an inside linebacker, and I hate to keep beating this horse, but if I'm paying you that money, you better be able to do everything. And that's that's not the case here. So – more to come on that. I plan on checking out some more film on him. More to come on free agency in the coming days. We are going to cut this one here. This will be a little bit short, 40 minutes or so, um, because uh, it's been a busy week, and we're we're going to try to do a show any night. There's uh, significant enough news, but tonight's takeaway is that uh, it's all on Mikey Mac, and there's no more excuses. Not from me, there shouldn't be any from anybody if this team doesn't go out and uh and and you know, double their win total this season. Twenty nineteen, favorable schedule, improved talent. You picked your own coach. No more no more clunkers, no more top five picks. Um and if there is, Mike McAgman shouldn't be the one making it. So that is all for me right now, and look forward to uh catching up. Again, it'll be I would say we'll probably end up doing at least one or two more shows in the next few days. And then once free agency calms down, we'll go back to one night a week. But that'll do it for us tonight. Have a great night, Jets fans, and thank you so much for tuning in.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Glenn on Twitter at AceFan23. And the show can be found at Jet Nation Radio. Until next time, go Jets!